conclusion inevitable. It was a jump to conclusions, Matt. My conclusion was that this idea was not a practical deterrent. My only conclusion can be that it was a Sith Lord. In conclusion. Hello there, folks. Welcome back to In Conclusion, the only movie podcast that is just oh so stressed. I was so stressed out this entire time. I'm Dan O'Keefe, and joining me as always is Anna Otto. How are you, Anna? I liked this movie, everyone. Wow. I haven't ruled out the fact that it might be because Hawkeye and Falcon were in it. Mm-hmm. But I had fun, and I recognized them without That's prompting. Good. Look at you. Also joining us for the third time, Austin Sackett. How are you doing, Austin? I'm doing very well, Dan. Thank you for asking. And much like there will be blood, I have a milkshake. And I will drink your milkshake. (laughs) I'll drink it up. But I'm doing good. Also, I was very stressed while watching the movie. But if we're going to finish up this dad series of dad movies, I'm going to make a dad comparison. Oh, yeah. So... We started out with Saving Private Ryan. That's the ribeye. That's the ribeye of movies. It's Ooh, got a lot of marbleization, okay. real tasty. You know, it's a high high cut of meat. Mm-hmm. We then quickly dove down into like flank steak territory with Black Hawk Down. It's okay. It'll get you there, but not mm-hmm. that great. Mm-hmm. And now prepared, we're in flaming young territory, boys. Oh! Tasty. It was a, it was a tasting morsel, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. A little bit of wagyu, even. Ooh, oh, not the wagyu! Oh my god, man! Arby's just say, has a wagyu burger out right now. How can Arby's afford wagyu? <laughs> they have no the meats. Way. They do have the meats, but on whose budget? The hands. Clearly. <laughs> or no, was just, it the hand or is it a hat? It, it's, it's a, a hat. hat. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of Hamburger guys... Helper. <laughs> okay. Same quality. Yeah, same quality. Okay. I, guess. I want you guys to know that I'm looking at our texts from this weekend. And I texted you while I was watching the movie. I'm two minutes in and I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. So I was right there with you. Very it didn't calm out. down. Oh my no. God. I watched it this morning. Um, Mm -hmm. and maybe like 20 minutes in, I was like, why is my heart beating so fast? God. Am I having a Uh, heart attack? Is it time? Palpitations. Oh God. I'm ascending. (laughs) Finally. One of my coworkers said that to me today. So that's a clear sign that I say that at work too much. He goes, are you ascending? And I was like, oh no. That sounds like sexual innuendo. Like no, it's not. I just it just means I'm vibing. I'm like at the peak vibe, you know. I'm ascending. I've I'm arrived. Asc- <laughs> no, Dan. <sighs> um, um. Oh. So one thing I just want to bring up before we get into the movie and everything. Um, I'm sorry to cut you off, Anna, but this it's okay. is very no. important, and it it relates to you as well. Um, Ooh. Todd Phillips. Mm-hmm. Posted on Instagram the cover page for the sequel to Joker. Oh hell yeah! That is hell in development. Yeah. 
Um, Do you mean the Fall and- Boy album? Yeah, oh, you know that's Fally my Adu. favorite Fall Out Boy album, by well, the there's way. there's one. There's always one. You guys, I'm Bold sorry. Choice. I know it's the unpopular pick, but it's a vibe, okay? I like, like it. At least I, it's not um, whatever their one with the purple album cover is. Oh, Mania? They, yeah. I have a Fall Out Adu poster. <gasps> that's Ooh. the same poster I have hanging by my desk. Did you get it from a vinyl? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except I have their faces Besties. staring down at me for emotional support. Mm. I like the, I like men. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I know it's June and I shouldn't be acting this hetero on Maine, but. Um, I just wanted to bring up that there's a Joker sequel coming out, and when it comes out, we'll have to talk about it. But I'm not going to oh, be yeah. happy about it. I can't wait, Dan. I can't wait till we go see the movie in theaters together and I make you hold my hand the whole time. It, that'll probably happen. Yeah, it will. Can I hold your hands too? Sure. Yes. Yay. Hands held. Popcorn. Dan, we're going to have to feed you the popcorn. <laughs> we need, each of us need to bring someone to feed us popcorn while we're holding yeah, we hands. Need, we need po- well, Gage and Anna can come feed us popcorn. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Austin, you can bring your girlfriend, who I who I don't know, but I'm sure she'd be a lovely popcorn feeder. Sure, she's got two working hands. She does. <laughs> That's Perfect. good. <laughs> she's ableist that way. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, movie that we're talking about today is The Hurt Locker, uh, released mm-hmm. on September 4th, 2008, but then released actually on June 26th, 2009. Because it premiered at the Venice International Film Festival and then took almost a year to actually get a wide release. Mm. Um, Directed by Catherine Bigelow, written by Mark Boll, starring Jeremy Renner, Anthony Mackie, Brian Garrity, briefly Evangeline Lilly, briefly Rafe Fiennes, briefly Guy Pearce. Um, Cinematography by Barry Aykroyd, unrelated to Dan Aykroyd. Uh, But he was also the cinematographer for United 93 and Captain Phillips, Mm. which makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, With a budget of $15 million, it only made $49.2 million at the box office. And domestically, it only made $14 million, uh, thus making it the lowest grossing best picture winner of all time. Really? I was gonna say that seems low for a best picture winner, girly pop. I remember when this won and it was like a big deal too. Do you remember that? It was that? because it beat Avatar. The James oh. Cameron one? Directed by Catherine Bigelow's ex husband. <gasps> You're right. Oh drama. Honestly, good for her. Good for what a storyline also. <laughs> Were they married at the time or are they No. No They got divorced like 10 years prior or something gotcha mm-hmm. okay but um, for the drama's sake it was recent so on rotten tomatoes it has a 97 percent approval rating uh and was the second highest rated film of 2009 behind any guesses 2009 mm-hmm. um it's animated is it disney it is fro no Okay, 2009, I would have been in 
Seventh grade. Finding Nemo? No. Princess and the Frog. No, it was Up. Oh, oh, okay. I was thinking princess for sure. Critical consensus reads, a well-acted, intensely shot, action-filled war epic, Catherine Bigelow's The Hurt Locker is thus far the best of the recent dramatizations of the Iraq War. Big Raj, Roger Ebert, rated it the best film of 2009. Mm -hmm. um, and he ranked it as the second best film of the decade. Oh. Behind only... I can never pronounce the name of this movie. Um... Synecdoche, New York. Schenectady. I've never heard of it. Written and directed by Sch Charlie Kaufman. Interesting. It's a play on Schenectady. I can't pronounce the name oh, of the town Oh, it's not either. actually about Schenectady, right? We're probably offending someone, Dan. Synecdoche. Oh, no. I'm offending the New Yorkers. Ah. Ah, go to your bodegas and cry. Not the bodegas. <laughs> um... And then it was nominated for a number of Academy Awards. Mm -hmm. uh, nine, in fact, winning six. It won Best Sound Mixing, Best Sound Editing, Best Film Editing, Best yes. Original Screenplay, Best Director, and Best Picture. This movie does have beautiful editing. The amount of times mm -hmm. I said, oh, that's beautiful. Innumerable. Jeremy Renner lost King. Best Actor. Um, to Jeff Bridges in Crazy Heart. <gasps> okay, I'm going to say something bold right here. Okay. Jeremy Renner was looking kind of fine in this movie. I was a little bit shook. He always looks core. fine. He was Normally I'm fine. not attracted to him. Normally he gives me dad energy, but this time he was giving me dilf energy. <laughs> like the scene where he tackles, who was that, Anthony Mackie, right? Mm -hmm. When he tackled him. Shirtless men just I, playing, just being boys. When I tell you I did not recognize myself. Anyway. Danny I'm terrified horrified. of what this movie was doing <laughs> to you. Horrified, Dan! <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to know what it's done to you. Let me get my You're water. You're having a on. second awakening, Anna. Amen. Hey, yeah, Anna's getting her water right now because she needs to calm down. Take a lap. Take a water oh, I'm break. I'm better. I'm better. Um, so the big rivalry at this year's Academy Awards was between The Hurt Locker and Avatar. Um, and The Hurt Locker was the clear winner, winning... They were both nominated for nine Oscars. Hurt Locker won six. Avatar won three. Um, Everybody acts like Avatar is the greatest movie of all time. No one acts like that. I've Literally, heard lots of people. there is a Avatar recurring like YouTube series of people going outside and saying, can you name a character from Avatar? I the blue one. I can think of Jake Sully. Who's he? He's the main character in Avatar. I was going to say Nagini, but I think that's a snake from Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Nagini? Not Nagini. Isn't that actually... close to that? Yeah, that's the snake from is Harry Potter. Is it Nagini? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've never seen Avatar. Um, so I saw it and I fell asleep in the theaters. We were watching in a 3D, like one of the only times my dad actually took me to a movie theater, and mm -hmm. I fell asleep. Yeah, isn't it like really unnecessarily long? Very long. I don't like this slander. I saw it in theaters on my birthday. I really liked it. Dan, they use the papyrus font for their posters. And for the movie itself. That's the logo in the movie. 
That's despicable. And I think the subtitles are also in Papyrus, but I might be mistaken Absolutely there. Absolutely not. Quick side um, note. Did you go to see a movie every year on your birthday? Because I definitely yeah. remember Oh, I, I basically before. always go to see a movie on my birthday. Um, That's a nice thing to do, though. Nice I mean, tradition. you have a winter birthday. I do, and everyone's out of town, and nobody ever wants to do anything on my actual birthday. Um, because, oh, I'm cursed with a New Year's Eve birthday. Oh, um, baby New Year. It was like three in the afternoon. I'm not special in that sense. I'm very special in other senses. Um, but oh, I would, I remember I saw Night at the Museum once on my birthday. That was nice. That mm-hmm. was fun. Um, I did end up seeing all of the Hobbit movies because they all came out in December and I got successively disappointed every year. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lord. Um, yeah, I just, it, it would always end up being, yeah, there's some movie out that I want to see around Christmas time. Um, yeah, because Christmas is, is a hot release, time to release yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's a cold month, baby. Um, yeah. Anyway, Hurt Locker. I assume this was all of our first times watching it. Correct. Yes. What'd you think? I loved it. Loved it? Wow, okay. I felt more attached to the characters. I felt more concerned. Gage even asked me, he's like, what's the name? Of the characters, because I'm bad about that. And I actually was able to name them. Could I do it today? No. Most likely not. But at the time, I did. I think... And... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I think you might be able to get Jeremy Renner's character's name, because it sounds like a fake name. Will. Yes. It's William James. Yes, it's Mm -hmm. James. Um... I just felt more attached to the characters in this one. I had more questions about things and more concerns about their well-being <laughs> especially with the opening holy crap right after right off the bat i was displeased <laughs> what about you austin yeah um i thought it was really good for sure and i mean oh i also noticed listening back to the last two episodes i say i mean a lot so i apologize if i keep saying that in this episode <laughs> but i'm gonna try really I hard not notice. to I'm going to try really I mean, hard not to. I don't care. But, I mean, I didn't notice. Mm, I see what you did. <laughs> it was sassy. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it had to be done. But no, I really liked it. And at the end of it, I was thinking to myself, man, this is one of the movies that I really wish I could see again for the first time. And it was like at the end of my first time watching it. Mm-hmm. But it definitely is a movie that I would suggest for somebody who hasn't seen it before um because it, it's like an ex- experience within a movie mm-hmm. like we alluded to earlier it was really tense you know it gets your heart pumping your blood flowing mm-hmm. um there's little a dull moment and even the dull moments that there are has you know as character development or there yeah. there's something there's a reason why for every moment and yeah going back to what Dan likes with the individualized scenes could be their own deal. This very much is a story of this squad going out on these missions. And each one is like an individualized serialized like thing. It could be its own own movie within itself. And I really, really digged it for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I agree with you, Austin, in the I wish I could see this again for the first time after 
my first viewing because I didn't know it to, I, I knew this was a best picture winner. Um, and I knew that Jeremy Renner was a bomb tech. And that is literally the mm-hmm. only thing I knew about this movie. Same. I didn't know that Anthony Mackie was in it. I didn't know that Ray Fiennes was going to show up for 10 minutes. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I love it. And then, spoilers, he dies. And I'm like, I hate this movie so much. Oh, my God. But I God. hate it in the right way. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I I think what this does so well in comparison to the other two war movies um, is how small it is. This is mm-hmm. not some large platoon going out. This is yeah. this movie is functionally three characters. Three characters, mm-hmm. yeah. For ninety percent of the runtime. Yeah. And you, it, it works really well because of the dynamic between the three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree with you. I think one of the issues I had with Black Hawk Down and Saving Private Ryan, but more so Black Hawk Down, was I kept meeting people mm-hmm. and I couldn't retain who anybody was. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like I just... Black Hawk Down is like when a rap label puts out an album and they have the one song where every Everyone's single member on, of yeah. their label is on it. And Don't like every four bars, like somebody else. I literally think about Bedrock. That's so funny you said that. I love that song. Black Hawk Down is the bedrock of films, mm-hmm. but less fun. Yeah, um, yeah, and the the part I I was slightly wary about watching this movie because I didn't know if it would um, age as well as it did. I was worried mm-hmm. it would kind of age like The Rock Against Bush. Mm. albums did where i was like well that's Mm -hmm. quaint um but this is this is a it it works today but just as it worked back then and it will work because Mm -hmm. the the main the main thesis and main point of the movie is basically timeless yeah and it's it it, you do get beat over the head with it immediately war is a drug hold Mm -hmm. hold keep the text on screen hold War is a drug, get it, and then fade out. But yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, one thing about this movie that isn't as prominent in the other movies. Wait, that came out backwards. No, wait, no, it didn't. One thing I liked about this movie. What's going on? I'm trying to think. I didn't feel like it was a America's Great movie. Exactly. No. It felt Mm -hmm. like a, this is a war where people, like, especially when they showed the scenes with Jeremy Renner and the little boy playing soccer and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeremy Renner's kind of fucked up in this movie, mm-hmm. but it shows that he cares about the kid. And I think that really humanizes it. Like, it also shows he, he and the kid have the relationship, and it doesn't matter that they're from two different countries. Like, they have this relationship of goofing around together. And I think that is something that most war movies don't really do. It's especially when it's like about the USA being somewhere. Mm -hmm. This movie showed, yeah, the USA is here, but people live here and they have lives and they're trying to make money and they're trying to have fun and they like the same things we do. Mm -hmm. And it just was very humanizing and reminded, like it, it just felt a lot more realistic and a lot less like, all these men from America are perfect and all everybody else I'm here is here to not. save the day. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, they it, also showed oh sorry, go ahead. 
No, no, you go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, they also showed how Jeremy Renner's character, like, he's kind of scary. He's a little intense and not perfect by any means. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think of the three movies, and especially over Black Hawk Down, um, this one definitely, to me, had the most like character to it. With Saving Private Ryan, there was Tom Hanks's character and the mystery of like you know what he did back home, and you know there was little character threads and personalities and stuff. But mm-hmm. this one, I think, to Dan's point, since it was so scaled back, and you got to focus on three people opposed to a whole platoon, there is more time to develop and cook those personality traits, um, especially with Jeremy Renner's character being the head of this platoon and it kind of is being his story um at the end of the day you see kind of like a roller coaster of his personality and it like builds to the final final point where he's going back Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. like at the very beginning he's like very flippant about what they're doing he's just like they're having fun. I wrote down at one point, like, this dude fucks. Like, <laughs> he is just, like, no care. Like, he takes his bomb suit off to go into... To go the, defuse the bomb, yeah. To go defuse How the bomb. Like many he, times? Hot. Hot. He, yeah, he just doesn't... I mean, it's not that he doesn't care. It's just that, like, I think if he cared... If he let himself care, it would destroy him even farther than what mm-hmm. the war is already doing to him. Mm-hmm. And and you kind of um, see that with yeah. um, mm-hmm. the other guy, Elrich, Eldridge. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. How he he cares a lot, and and when he's talking to the uh, therapist, analyst, whatever you want to call him, mm-hmm. um, and how it is just eating away at him, mm-hmm. um, especially in comparison to Jeremy Renner, who was fucking. Yeah. He's, he's doing something. And I guess it also is a good... I mean, I think actually all three of these movies had their own thing to say about war. And they reflected different aspects of war. Where And this one kind of actually has multiple of those with the three main characters each having their own kind of reaction to what's going on. But, you know, with Saving Private Ryan, you had the interpreter who was, like, you know, nervous, you know, going out there. And you had some of the guys that were more, you know, hardened and stuff. And you had, you know, people maybe crying here. And it was just, like, its own own thing. And then Black Hawk Down, you had, you know, a guy that was going out there for kind of the first time being the platoon leader. And seeing all these people that he's supposed to be leading on his first go-around. You know, die in front of him, and you get to see kind of a little bit of that effect on him, not too much. And then you have this one where I think there's just chalk full of really interesting things about the mental toll of war, and you just see that on different different realms between the three guys. And I thought that was cool. They're very well balanced mm-hmm. um, characters and personality wise, mm-hmm. um, and I think they did a good job with how they portrayed those roles. I don't know why this popped in my head, but I think it works 
they are rock, paper, scissors, where Jeremy Renner is scissors, sharp edge, kind of mm-hmm. dangerous. Mm-hmm. Anthony Mackie is rock. He's there. He's steady. He's just waiting to go home. He's the strong then, one. He is strong. Okay. Take another drink, Anna. No. Um, and Never. Then, and then Eldridge is paper. He's kind of floating around in the wind. He's terrified. He's kind of a mess. Yeah. You know, like paper is. Yeah, paper is a mess. It's a... It's a... It's not the strongest metaphor. No, I get what you're saying. I get it, and I think it does work. I mean, there are a lot of... Um, I mean, you're right for their character outlines. Like, I think it fits the most for Anthony Mackie and... um. Jeremy Renner's characters like mm-hmm. those two mm-hmm. definitely I'd say Anthony Mackie's like the dad of their of their group yeah keeping so people online yes and he's got yeah. his head on straight and he's seen what happens if somebody if anything goes wrong and I know they all kind of have and they've all experienced it to an extent but he's seen it and he doesn't want it to happen again so he's gonna really guide them to you know, this isn't a game. We're not playing with our lives. Whereas Jeremy Renner's character is like, F you, I'm going to do what I want. I'm the, I'm the crazy one. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, so let's get into the movie. Let's do it. It is 2004. Good year. Crazy in love is heating up the charts. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> I was in third grade. Um, uh, it is Baghdad, 2004, and we see an army bomb disposal unit investigating a report of an IED, uh, an improvised explosive device. I was listening to you, but for some reason my brain said IUD. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no. We're investigating anyway. an IUD? I don't like that. <laughs> well, in you know, Middle Scott East, happened. they might be investigating those kind of things. You never know. That's true. Um, so they decide that they are going to detonate the IED using plastic explosives that they'll activate from a safe distance away. Uh, the explosion won't damage very much, should result in no loss of life. And you know that's going to be true because they said it and it's a movie. When would they ever foreshadow something? Uh, Immediately upset. So they send Wally, a little cart robot, into the blast zone, um, it's got a bunch of C4 on it. They're going to blow it up. It's all going to be fine and dandy. Um, but before it can reach the IED, it loses a wheel. Classic. Army engineering. Um, Didn't they so, even make that joke? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Are you like, oh, Dan said something funny. Couldn't have been Oh, him. no, no. No I credit just, I was just <laughs> chuckling to myself. Sorry, Dan. Dan, hilarious. King, make another joke, please. I, I beg of thee. Is that better? Yes. That was um, I'm sassy. I'm sorry. I'm a little sassy tonight. So the, the unit's leader, Sergeant Thompson, uh, he puts on a bomb disposal suit and walks down to the trailer, picks it up, carries it to the IED, um, and rigs it up properly. And then as he walks back, thinking everything's good, um, his two partners scan the immediate area uh, for anyone who they think would be suspicious or who is in the blast zone. Uh, Thompson is about 25 yards from the bomb um, when 
Eldridge notices a man running a butcher shop using his cell phone. Mm. Um, and they yell for him to drop the phone. They start running towards him. Um, Sandbird tells Eldridge to shoot the man, who then presses a series of numbers on his phone, and the bomb detonates, throwing Thompson forward while he is safe from the actual explosion of the bomb the shock waves and the concussive force um have killed him and a large splash of blood hits the inside of the visor literally ew also i didn't know that that people de- could detonate bombs with phones gage had to tell me that because i did not know that was a thing mm-hmm. again Singles, yeah. shows what i know about the military and any of that stuff so. I mean, basically, you can detonate a bomb in as many... There are a ton of different ways. You basically just need to be able to flip a switch. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's just all the hundreds of different ways that you can flip a switch. If it's a fuse, mm-hmm. if it's a literal switch, if it's you dial a number and it triggers a fuse or something. Well, they even showed under um, the bed of Jerry Runner all the different bomb parts. Yeah. And there's yeah. the kill switch and there was, you know, mm-hmm. the buttons and trip wires and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, when I was watching this opening scene, which is very tense, even though you know things are supposed to go right and no problem, mm-hmm. as soon as he suits up, I'm like, yeah, this dude's dead. I right. just knew right off the bat, like, this is not going to go well. And then when the explosion oh, actually went off, it reminded me of an episode of Mythbusters, where mm-hmm. they like did the typical you know diving in front of an explosion thing and like mm-hmm. classic um, trying to do like the science behind it and then they always had like the little blast caps on things when they mm-hmm. would do explosions and experiments and so i was watching it and i'm like oh he's pretty far away like maybe he'll be okay but yeah the shock wave was enough to splatter the face shield and stuff and anything you know, inside yeah yeah at first when it happened i was like i I was with you i was like oh he was out he didn't get hit by the explosion Mm -hmm. that's fine and then i saw the damage and i was like that's not what a fine person looks like no i kind of look like the it kind of looked like the inside of a scuba helmet if you like Mm -hmm. come up too fast like the bends is that what they call it oh when you get all the bubbles in your blood Mm -hmm. yeah and they gotta put you in a pressurized tank yeah. Has that happened That's to what... you, Anna? No, it happened in a movie I watched recently. Or maybe it was a video game I played. <laughs> maybe it was a book you read. Maybe it really could be anything. <laughs> Honestly, it's it's one of the reasons why I'm afraid to go scuba diving is because I'm afraid of getting the bubbles in my blood. Anyway. It can really hurt you. Um, they pack his body into a coffin and they shipped home. Um... And then back at the base, Eldridge sitting in the rec room with the base psychologist. Um, and his he walks in, asks him how he's feeling, and Eldridge dry fires his rifle several times. Anxiety. Saying, mm-hmm. Shoots him. If he, if he shot the guy with the cell phone, Thompson might still be alive. Mm-hmm. Um, that is known based off of my... AP Psychology High School. Mm-hmm. Survivor's Guilt. Oh, mm-hmm. thank you, Dan, for that nice little example. I'll take my Nobel Prize. What did Didn't you get you on the AP exam? Take... I got a two. 
was gonna say, didn't you also have to retake psych like I did? Yes. Dan, let's not play games. Neither one of us was good at, at psych. I got a three and I still had to retake it. Okay, King, welcome. Look at you. I got you. a three on all of my AP exams, all three of them. Oh. Wow, so I you got don't... a nine. Nine total credits, yep. Yep, yeah. you add them together. <laughs> I did not, I don't remember what I got on my AP exam, but it was not good. <laughs> yeah, the cycle was the only one I took. I got a two. Oh, I, I took AP music theory, and I think I got a three. That one was hard. What is a tonic? That's like the bottom drink. note. That's the main note. Of the chord. I don't know. I was trying to think of some music term. Oh. That was the first one that came to my head. I do like to drink more. A oh. staccato. It's like a staccato that's a short note. What's an ostinato? You. Never heard of her. It's a short repeating pattern. Oh, well, fuck me. That's why I got three. <laughs> uh, so, new leader comes in for the team. Sergeant William James, played by Jeremy Renner. And boy, do I like so. Jeremy Renner when he's not in Marvel movies. Wait, what? I've seen Jeremy Renner in two movies that aren't Marvel movies, and they are this and The Town, and he's uh, great in I was, both. I was really hoping you were going to say it was uh, Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Gage loves that oh, movie. Oh, no. No, no, no. I've never seen that. Too late. Already damned. We say that to each other all the time when they say, damn you to hell to a witch, and she goes, too late. Already damned. Anyway, watch it. It's stupid. He was also in Wind River. That was a really good movie. Hmm. When's that from? It was from 2017. He played like a detective in, I think, Alaska, and he was trying to find a native woman that went missing. Hmm. Oh, uh, Taylor Sheridan wrote and directed. Okay. Hmm. He made Yellowstone. Oh God, my cousin's obsessed with Yellowstone. So are my he was parents. also a Jason Bourne type. Oh, I have seen another movie with him. Because he was in The Bourne Legacy. And oh. Arrival. Arrival was a good movie, too. Hmm. I wasn't saying The Bourne Legacy was a good movie. No, I wouldn't say that either. But but he's in it. Uh, speaking of things he's in, The Hurt Locker. <laughs> yes. Uh, when he, immediately as he gets to base, he has Anthony Mackie help him take the plywood covers off his windows. Uh, couldn't be me. Anthony Mackie suggests they keep it on because of mortar shrapnel. And he's like, I mean, it won't be good anyway if there's a mortar that just comes through the roof. That's mm -hmm. fair. Honestly. Very fair. Um, next day comes and the team responds to another IED on a narrow city street. Um, after a tense moment, they meet up with the army platoon that reported the bomb. Uh, Jeremy Renner puts on the suit that for some reason reminds me of the Ninja Turtles. Oh, Dan. <laughs> Does it not? A little bit, yeah. Not it, okay, well, I was not there. I it, I don't know what it was giving me, but it was not giving me Ninja Turtles. But okay. okay it was giving thanks. Mysterio vibes. Yeah. A little bit. Mm -hmm. I it was just giving me Marshmallow, honestly. Like the DJ? What? No, like just, just the food. Oh, a Marshmallow. I wasn't yeah. getting that. Stay okay. Puff Marshmallow Man. Yeah. He just looks soft and pokeable. <laughs> That's what the bomb's for. <laughs> he got poked with the bomb. Uh, so, 
James approaches the bomb site and tosses a smoke grenade all cavalier. Um, just because he's badass and, and he this dude fucks. This part had me shooketh. I was asking Gage 15 times, what's happening? What's happening? And he's like, just watch. I was fighting for my life. Uh, so he finds a artillery shell buried under a small pile of trash, which he disarms. Um, also, by this point, he's taken off his headset, so he can't get any communications or anything. Mm-hmm. Um uh-huh. After he disarms it, he notices a secondary wire uh, where he finds a junction of six more cables. A web of death. And then six more shells are uncovered, and another cable leads to a nearby building. Oh, listener, I am shaking my head because I was stressy. He disarms the six shells, and as he does, he notices a man quickly leave the building. Uh, and as he does, he smashes... He's, flashes one of the detonators from the shells and smiles at the man. Um, he's like, ha I got you tricked. I beat you at this game. Um, and then he rejoins with the rest of the group at the Humvee. And Anthony Mackie says that he needs to communicate more during operations. It's not a solo act. I have to mm-hmm. work as a team. I was just trying to get out of there. He also Precious holds a taxi driver by gunpoint. He did, yes. That is something that he did. Very How do we close feel about that. <sighs> this guy fucks? No, a, a little. no. <laughs> See, so again, kind of drawing parallels of the three movies. Mm-hmm. Saving Private Ryan didn't have very many like locals besides the family that was in the town that they tried to get the daughter. Mm-hmm. Other than that, not too many interactions with locals. Then you have Black Hawk Down, which has very bad interactions with locals and bad betrayals. Yes. And then this one kind of has a medium between the two. Of like you were saying earlier about um, Jeremy Renner's relationship with the boy who was selling the DVDs. Mm-hmm. Um, then you also have like them holding a taxi driver at gunpoint and while in that time like any person invading a area where there's bombs is going to be seen as a threat mm-hmm. but yeah putting a muzzle or an, against a dude's head and saying back up might not be the best way of going about it agree i think that's not the smartest choice um i'm not trying to defend any actions i'd like to disclaimer that but i think this is again going back to what i was saying before about like the humanizing it's also Mm -hmm. showing that people make bad and reckless and terrible choices too Mm -hmm. again i think this goes back to showing the Americans aren't perfect and everything mm-hmm. they do shouldn't be praised and that they're still humans. So I think for the sake of the movie, I get why it was included and why they mm-hmm. showed such an aggressive move. Mm-hmm. Um, but in real life, yeah, that's a, that is not the vibe. Uh, maybe we should have taken that a little. It's tricky, though, because it's like the whole thing of your life is in. Da- I don't know. 
but you know what I mean. Like I get it for the movie, but in real life, I, it's it's too it's too strong of a move for me. Yeah. But when your life is in play or at risk, then it becomes a whole separate thing. Uh, so they get caught out again for another bomb threat. Uh, this time, the bomb is a car parked in front of the UN building, um, and the building gets evacuated. Once they get everybody out, Jeremy Renner puts on the bomb suit again and goes towards the car, which suddenly catches on fire. Um, Classic. And then Chris Angel pops out from behind and goes, mind free. Mind free. <laughs> Street magic? Did you Where's guys ever watch this when you were little? Mm-hmm. I never watched the actual one, but I watched the parody one that Mikey yeah. Day made. Oh, God. I was more um, of a David Blaine kind of guy. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what magic. I was thinking of, David yeah. Blaine. Sorry, mm. I got my magicians confused. Sorry, friends. No, I think Chris Angel did Street Stuff too, but yeah, David Blaine is the one I think that did more mm-hmm. of the. Mm-hmm. More yes, of I was thinking of David Blaine. Uh, so, uses a fire extinguisher to put out the car and then starts looking through it um, as Eldridge and Sandburn take up their lookout positions. He opens the trunk. A bunch more artillery shells that he'd seen the day before are in there. Um, and then mm-hmm. he takes off the bomb suit completely because it's not going to protect him. Either he disarms this bomb or he's dead either way. So why not die comfortable? He said live fast, die young. Mm-hmm. Bad girls, Bad do, girls it well. do it well. Amen. <laughs> Amen, Dan. Uh, so he starts to disarm the shells and then looks to search for the triggering device. Uh, and he has to go through everything in the car, including stabbing through the seats to look through the triggering device. Oh, God. What uh, if he'd stabbed it and everything blew up? Oh, God. He sets off the windshield wiper, which is the most terrifying use of a windshield wiper in a movie I've ever seen in my life. I cried. I screamed. I'm anxious again, and you're literally only just talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they notice a group of Iraqis watching them with a, from a rooftop and from a minaret and a man filming them on a video camera. Um, and then at the car, he finds the trigger device and detaches it finally. And then the men with the camera and the people watching them kind of like huff away. Um, and then when Jeremy Renner goes back to the Hummer, uh, he lights a cigarette and then gets punched in the face. Uh, by Anthony Mackie. Very fake punch. Very fake. Very loud fake punch, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and not a mark left on uh, on Jeremy Renner. No, pretty fake, people fake, don't fake. get hurt. You're right. My mistake. Everyone knows that. Um, I would not. No. It's Newton's fourth law. Pretty I... people don't get hurt. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're fishing for a compliment there, Anna. No, but... I'm not. I'm just being <laughs> sassy, like I said. Uh, but if you want to compliment me, Dan, I'm not going to stop you. I won't. Okay. Uh, so, a Jeremy Renner is not offended or anything by this punch. He's like, eh, comes with yeah. it. Uh, and Stu's then a colonel, bros. colonel pops up, impressed with his nerves, and asks him how he handles such a crisis. Okay, during this scene, did uh-huh. either of you feel like something was going to happen? Like, the colonel clearly was going to be like, you're a fucking idiot, or something like that? That's what I thought. And then a the, little bit, yeah. The, I was nervy. 
difference from expectation versus reality. I was like, man, war is a drug. Mm-hmm. Hold, 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 hold. Oh, Lord. Uh, so back at the base, Jeremy Renner has fun with an Iraqi boy. I'm going to word that differently. Back yes, at the base, <laughs> Jeremy Renner. Uh, they play talks, soccer. They play, he play soccer. Local. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he calls himself Beckham. Jeremy Renner wants his $5 back because the DVD that he sold him was poor quality. Uh, it was a cute then, interaction. Yeah, cute. They show their friends, basically. They play soccer. Jeremy Renner threatens him again if it's a defective movie. Like how you always make friends. Vague threats. Yeah, that's how I made all mine. Those weren't vague, Anna. Oh, well. The baseball bat you were carrying around kind of... Subtlety has never been my strong point, Dan. Uh, So the team goes out to detonate some of the bombs that they've collected on missions. Um, They set off one bomb, it goes off, all fine. And then (laughs) Jeremy stops them from setting off the second bomb and is like, shit, I think I forgot my gloves down there. Which... (sighs) What?! It sounds like the fakest excuse in the world. It ends up being real. He actually did forget mm-hmm. his gloves down there. Yeah. Um, but after Jeremy Renner goes down, uh, Anthony Mackey says that, you know, the way that the bombs detonate in the deserts, the bomb could just go off while he's down there. Absolutely not. all the time. You know, frag That's him. terrible. Uh, That's terrible. And... and Anthony Mackie seems pretty serious about doing it. Yeah. It it definitely had a very, like, kidding, flippant, like, silly tone to it. And then as it went along, like, it definitely seemed like he was 49% sure he was going to do it. Yeah. God. For me, it was like, he's kidding, but also he's like, ha, 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 unless. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean. God. From his perspective, yeah, it'd be terrible to do it. But also, he's only there for, like, 30 more days. And mm-hmm. he's just trying to survive. And having True. this firecracker on his team with him really lowers his chances of getting to go home. Yeah. True. Oh, boy. <laughs> Dude's being bros, you know what I'm saying? So, as they head back to the city, they see two SUVs parked on their routes. Um, They approach them, and the occupants were standing around like they were any other threat. Um, After a tense moment, uh, they are revealed to be a British commando. Um, And immediately after he says his first line, I'm like, I recognize that voice. And wait, oh wait... Am I so happy because the star of 1994's quiz show, Rafe Fiennes. Oh, Dan. He did this movie because he needed a break from Harry Potter. Um, so at the... Th- Rafe Fiennes... Yeah. He's Voldemort. What? Oh, you didn't I know that? Didn't know. No, oh. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't yeah. recognize him with a nose. I know. He's much more handsome in real life. He Gage is handsome. Made- Gage was annoyed with me because I every time Ray finds us on screen, I would go, <laughs> Harry Potter, the boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
So the same year that he filmed The Hurt Locker, he also filmed In Bruges. Oh, I love In Bruges. Right? I love In Bruges. And I like to think that these his characters in both are the same person. Even though in Bruges, he's like a hitman. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure to think it was Dan. Well, this guy, uh, I mean, in this, he's a mercenary. I guess. I guess, yeah. yeah. Not too far Different off. versions of the same character, maybe. Maybe his death was faked in, in Bruges. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Pretty big spoiler alert, too. Sorry, I said <laughs> it, and then I realized that that's a key plot point. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen it, so no, I never will. Oh, well, you You suck the joy away from you me, should, Anna. You should still see it. The plot oh, of sorry. The plot of In Bruges doesn't really matter. It's just a good it's not a feel good, but it's a good movie. No. Like it's the Joker. Sad. Yeah. But but Joker chagrin. Joker is neither feel good nor good. It's feel bad, bad. If I wasn't yawning right now, I would have snapped back way faster at you. <laughs> oh. Um, Snap back to reality. Oh, oh. gravity. So the they have a flat tire, but their jack handle is broken, and they don't have the right um, wrench to fix the tire. Um, they the Brit group have two men that they've captured um, to turn in for a reward. Both of them worth five hundred thousand pounds. Uh, pretty good reward. Um, and then, as one of them is fixing a tire, he gets hit by sniper fire. And falls before we actually even hear the shot. And then everybody runs for cover. And one of the British commandos, he he jumps in the Humvee and starts manning the, the Gatling gun. He's just firing away at Will. And oh, Ray finds... Not Will the character. Will in general. No, yes. Correct. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> for the clarification. Um Ray, Ray finds, shoots both the prisoners as they run away. He's like, whoops, I forgot. It was dead or alive. <sighs> Ray, Ray, Ray. The things a quiz show will do to you. The, the things the a things, visit to Belgium will do to you. <laughs> the things the boy who lived will do to you. I've never seen quiz show, and you're hyping it up so much that I might have to. No, Austin. I watched it with Dan. You did. It was it was something. It was also like my fourth time having seen it when that I watched week? it with you. Is I mean, like Slumdog Millionaire, but more campy. No, Mm-mm. it's no. like um, nothing you've ever seen before. Yeah, what's the best movie you've ever seen? Dan. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the bomb unit and the Brits are all pinned down. Um, the man who's manning the machine gun gets sniped. Um, and then the team leader takes up the sniper's position on a rocky hill. Um, and he's shooting at a distant stone building where the enemy sniper and small group are hiding. Um, while he's adjusting Barrett's bipod, Ray finds is hit in the chest by an enemy sniper and killed. And I'm like, ah! Very dramatic. Very sad. Very sudden, too. All, yeah. all the deaths in this movie yeah. are sudden. Yeah, I definitely screamed Almost when all. it happened. Um, yeah, pretty much all of them are pretty sudden. Mm-hmm. 
Maybe not the last one. But we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, mm, yeah. Then we have a long standoff uh, between the surviving soldiers and the sniper and the other people in the building. It goes on for what we assume is hours on end. Very high stress. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Anthony Mackie blinks for hours. His eye is redder than my shirt right now. Amen. Those men are crusted, busted, and dusted by the time the f- this scene is done. Emphasis flies. On yeah. The flies, though. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You can even see, like, I don't know if it was actually a tan line or if it was makeup, but some, like, Jeremy Renner has, like, a big tan line from how he's been laying since only his top half has been in the sun. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Um, they d- are able to snipe off all the enemies in the building um they then notice someone who might be another sniper lurking behind them um eldridge does and he tries to get told what to do he's like do i shoot him do i not jeremy renner's like you gotta you gotta decide kid you're Uh, tall buddy thank you i could not remember the line but Mm -hmm. that's the line um he does. He does shoot the the farmer who does end up, who was holding a weapon, mm-hmm. um, and they're proud of him. Aldred is not sure about how to feel about it. I also like the Capri Suns in the Sun. Yes, yeah. that was that was a nice little touch. Mm-hmm. Make it I need thirsty. a juice box. I'm just mm-hmm. gonna start yelling that to people. Amen. Um, Me at the theater with all the children every day. Do you see? Do you say I need an adult juice box? No, absolutely. I not. need I, mommy juice. I said, fetch <laughs> me a Capri Sun, mommy juice. Ew! I did drink my iced coffee out of a Yeti wine glass today. I just—it was what was in front of my cabinet. So that's how did it I make need. you feel? It made me feel like I was going to get pulled over when I was drinking coffee in the car. Oh, you were in the car while you were doing it, too. Well, yeah. I was on my way to work. I didn't really think about it until it was a wine glass. and It would have <laughs> been it fine. a wine glass with a stem or a little, no. like... Yeah, just a, just a stemless. Yeah. Gotcha. Maybe from far away you wouldn't be able to tell. It did say cheers on it, but it's fine. Cheers. It's wine o'clock. Mommy needs her it's, juice. It's freaking 8.30 on a Tuesday. It's wine o'clock, y'all. There's a bar in Madison that is like um, summer camp themed. So it has like a whole bunch of um, like board games. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get like hot dogs. You can roast marshmallows with like a little tin can and a candle. Um, but they have adult juice boxes that are like Capri Sun pouches that they put like all the juice in and then they pour vodka or rum or whatever into it and they're fantastic that sounds scrumptious so if you're ever in madison check it out i think it's called uh camp trindolini or something like that good to know thank you austin bring your kids oh they can have maybe a regular juice (laughs) maybe a hot dog that's it if they're lucky. They're not even a marshmallow? No. Okay. 
Um, so this incident seems to form a stronger bond between the team. Uh, so they take it out by drinking and punching each other and tackling each other. Guys in what dudes. is possibly the horniest scene I've ever seen in my life. It, it, it rivals the Top Gun beach volleyball. I was going to say that, and I wasn't sure if I was going to get made fun of. So <laughs> uh, Until Anthony Mackie pulls a knife out. Then it was not horny. It immediately stopped being horny. For you. For you, uh, yeah. Oh, God. Was that hot for you guys? I don't like that at all. Little little edge. What's uh, mm. fun without a little danger? So they talk about how they all got into that job, and then James shows off his box of everything he's collected that he's disarmed to remind him how dangerous his work is. Uh, another way to remind yourself of how dangerous the work is is just, I don't know, look outside. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I kind of get wanting to keep a little, like, trophy, though. Mm-hmm. Like, personally, I don't keep trophies from all the things that I've videotaped, but I guess I get it. You What trophies would you keep? You're doing interviews. Are you just keeping the people? Yeah. Good interview. Now you're coming home with me. <laughs> um, so the next mission, um, Colonel Cambridge, who is the psychologist, accompanies the team. Um, which made patrol. him so proud. He was right? like, he all he wanted was his friend to come out and watch him do his job. And it was very sweet. And I he even said at the be like towards the beginning, He's like, oh, you need to be out there, you know, see what we do to really get it. And he was like, you know, yeah, you and every other soldier I talk to or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, can I have a ride? Can I come with? And I'm like, oh, that's exactly what he crying. wanted. That description now, got me crying, Austin. Yeah. Come on. Uh, so Cambridge stays outside and talks to the locals as the team searches inside the building. They find a ton of bomb and bomb-making supplies. And then Jeremy Renner finds the body of a young boy oh. who appears to be Beckham. This scene had me in my feels, too. I was crying. They had me. Who has been turned into a cadaver bomb, basically. Mm-hmm. A bunch of plastic explosives have been loaded into his body. Um, and Jeremy Renner is aghast, seeing red. Um, he thinks that this is his friend who has been mm-hmm. a killed and then b turned into a bomb. Um, which horrible, 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 it's really horrible. sad. Gross. It made me really, really sad when I was watching it. Um, so he carries the body outside to the Humvee. And then as Cambridge is Cambridge is trying to clear the locals from the street, um, an IED goes off and kills him. And then in the immediate aftermath, Eldridge can't accept that he died and he wanders around looking for him. And then he finds his helmet lying in the blast area. And then Anna starts crying in the club right now. I'm feeling sad immediate. Like, I'm feeling sad right now on my couch, and I'm not even watching it right now. 
All he wanted was his friend, his, like, the one person that, like, really gets him. To mm-hmm. come out and watch him do his job and see what it's like. And then he gets blown up. And it's very sad. Yeah. Um, so, later, James forces another guy who has been selling DVDs at the perimeter of the base... Uh, He jumps in his truck and forces him to take him to Beckham's house. Um, As he gets there, he enters the house and there's a man in the kitchen who is scared, but hospitable. Um, And he holds him. As you would if you had a gun. Yeah, right. He's holding him at gunpoint. And he's like, I don't know who you're talking to. I I don't know who you're looking for. Um, But you're a guest. And. Mm -hmm. He's a professor. Um, this scene was a little confusing to me. I'm not going to lie. Like, again, something felt off and I was watching it and I was like, some mm-hmm. shit's about to go down. Um, so he realizes he's entered the wrong home and then he turns to leave to leave. And then the man's wife appears yelling and throwing things at him. You go, girl. Um, Classic. Then as he makes his way through the city to the base, all the locals look at him angrily. Um, and then as he gets to the main gate, he gets arrested as he enters. Um, and then after getting patted down and everything, the sergeant demands to know where he was. James says he was at a whorehouse. The sergeant asks him where. Classic. Just guys being dudes. Mm-hmm. Just nasty stuff. <laughs> I think of all the parts of this movie i think pretty much that whole scene was i want to say unnecessary but if it got cut out it would not be missed yeah yeah i agree i mean it's like shows that he's going through something trying to cope with the death of you know this kid this friend of his that he made out there Mm -hmm. but i agree it was a little confusing a little out of left field. Yeah. Yeah, I think that a scene like that works in the movie, but maybe the way that the the actual like a scene uh of someone kind of going off on their own to try and solve something that mm-hmm. they can't do works, mm-hmm. but the way it was handled here could have been different and it might have worked better. Yeah. Not saying that it's bad or anything. No, I'm not saying it was bad either. It just it of a movie that had a lot of strengths, this was the weak point in it. Yeah, the weakest scene. Yeah. Yeah. Um so next team responds to a call that night to check out the bomb blast zone. And they get there, they find a bomb from a suicide bomber went off near an oil truck, which caused a huge blast radius. Uh, and they scout the perimeter of the area and they theorize that the bomber didn't commit suicide but stood outside the perimeter and triggered the blast. Um, and then James, who was still in berserker mode, mm-hmm. um, orders Sanborn and Eldridge to search the nearby streets uh, to mm-hmm. find the bomber. It really was just him that had that theory. Yeah. The other two were like, yeah. no, it was probably a suicide bomber. He's like, no, I'm the captain. I'm in control. I give you the orders. 
we're going to go out and do this. And um, he, or I forget what the guy's name was, but one of the guys even said, like, you know, we have other people out there that are hunting down these, you know, terrorists or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call them. I think you could call them hajis, which, okay. Um, but he was like, yeah, they're out there. Like, they're finding them. You know, if there's anything, they're going to find them. And he was like, no. Like, you kind of said berserker mode out on a rampage trying to yeah. get some retribution and decides to go and try to find, go out this theory that really didn't have too much of a backing for it. I think he just wanted to go kill some people at that yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, it not only did it not have a backing to it, once they split up, they hear shots and Eldred just gets dragged off by two men. Uh, yeah. Um, and they open fire up, and they kill his kidnappers, but then James hits Eldridge in the leg. Um, and then having a breakdown afterwards, um, James goes into the shower. Um, and anytime there is a shower in a movie, it's either somebody having a breakdown or having sex or mm-hmm. singing pocket full of sunshine. This is the breakdown part. Yeah. That shower scene was really sad. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it really showed just that he does have a sensitive side and it was just mm-hmm. having after having watched him keep that front up for so long mm-hmm. and then just finally let that wall come down it just was extra sad i felt like i don't know yeah and it's always when there's no one else around too mm-hmm. it's you can really feel like the loneliness and kind of the descent into i wouldn't really necessarily call it madness but the descent into a depressive Depression. episode or something mm-hmm. maybe um because yeah like i said at the very beginning like you know he's just you know johnny bomb squad soldier very flippant making jokes mm-hmm. you know not really caring about stuff just doing whatever to entertain himself basically but then when you strip back those those layers you find a scared soldier that doesn't know what he's really doing, no matter how much praise he gets for all the bombs he's deactivated or, you know, the successful missions he's ran, you know, it's the, it's the mania and the low mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. of the, the situation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, super high highs, super low lows, and I think that it he did a very great job at portraying both of those levels. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next day, Anthony Mackie and Jeremy Renner go to meet Eldridge at the helicopter. Um, as they go to the Humvee, Beckham shows up. Um, alive good for him which had me again gasping shooketh and then he tries to talk but jeremy Ryder ignores him uh and then at the helicopter eldridge is bitter as he should be mm-hmm. um yeah he, femur shattered recovery's gonna take six months um 
angry at James for taking him into a danger zone to satisfy his adrenaline rush. Mm-hmm. Um, all, all right. He is all right yeah. in the things that he's saying. No wrongs were spotted yeah. at all. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I wanted him to, to, to not be so mad. I was, I was like, I was. What's the word I'm looking for? wrong in my beliefs when I was watching this. I was like, he shouldn't be mad. And Gage was like, Anna, he shot him. And I was like, yeah, well. <laughs> but in the light of a new day, mm-hmm. yeah. I, mean, I guess I just was so like attached to the, the hunt for mm-hmm. um, Beckham and like that was making me so sad and like everything that was going on I just was like, it's fine. But it wasn't mm-hmm. fine. He did put him into that situation by unnecessarily running out into the darkness to find people. But at the yeah. same time, he did save his life. But he also put him in that situation. Yeah. Uh, he so, owed him another bomb saving. report. They find a man standing alone in the middle of a large plaza. Um, James says the translator order the man to his knees, puts on the suit, walks over to him. Man opens his coat. He has a several pounds of C4 attached to steel bars that are locked together with large padlocks. Like a um, scene from Saw. Yeah, Literally. seriously. A trap. And mm-hmm. the dude, he is pleading for his life. He has a family. These were put on him. He, he has nothing to do with this. Um, and the Bob's on a timer. There's two minutes left. And... He tries to frantically cut the locks. Um, he gets one open. They are carbonized steel. Um, so they are sturdy locks. They don't break. They don't crack under pressure. Um, but then as he goes through trying to cut them, he cuts one. But there are too many and he has to leave the man behind. Um, and as he runs before the bomb explodes it explodes just outside of the bot blast area uh, jeremy renner is and then anthony mackie runs up to him thinking that he's just seen another one of his sergeants killed like a sergeant at the beginning of the movie um and he wakes up he is alive just shaken i i was shaken i'll tell you that much mm-hmm. i thought for sure he was dead he's too pretty that's true. Although it's it. Guy Pierce at the beginning of the movie, not like he isn't pretty. Not as pretty as Jeremy Renner. Uh, so I had seen that scene before. It was like in a Watch Mojo top ten <laughs> list or something like that. Classic. <laughs> so I did know that that, or I've seen that part before talked about. I mm-hmm. didn't really remember it was in the movie until it came up. Um. But also very heartbreaking. This guy that, for what seems to be no fault of his own, I mean, you can kind of say whatever to try to get off you, but it definitely mm-hmm. seemed like he was there without, against his will. He did really, honestly, wasn't trying to hurt anybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just another heartbreaking death after a string of heartbreaking deaths just from different people and different vantage points. But mm-hmm. I mean, it, they did another kind of good balance about having had at this point, two 
soldiers die in the movie, and then they had two you know local people die in the movie. So it's a kind of like you were saying earlier, it's a good balance of um, like not being all yeehaw America mm-hmm. type deal. You know, it shows both sides of the coin very well. Yeah, yeah. it it keeps that humanization because it shows mm-hmm. everybody's capable of making good choices and making bad choices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so as they're back on the base, Anthony Mackie, he, he confesses that he fears that he's going to die in Iraq, never having a wife or kids or anything like that. And he's, he breaks down basically. And he's like, I just want a boy. Um, and then he asks him how he stays so calm. And Jeremy Renner tries to comfort him and convince him that he'll make it back home and he'll start a family and everything will uh, go well for him. And then we cut to later. They are sent home. Um, Jeremy Renner goes back to his technically wife, ex-wife and yeah. daughter. What? Oh, the, yeah. So they are had they married it. or not? They were married. They hadn't gotten divorced yet, but he had moved out. Yeah, and that's then, why I was confused. But they're still legally married. Separated. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but then but they're living the grocery together. store together. Yeah, I think they're living together. They're okay. definitely mm-hmm. um, I'll allow it. She welcomed yeah. him back into the home when he came back. Yeah. Yeah, I um, mean, where else is he going to go, I guess? His wife is also played by Evangeline Lilly, and I'm like, oh, hey, it's you. You're right. It's, yeah. Um, <laughs> I was lost. thinking it was... Um, Liv, Liv Taylor. Tyler. Yeah. Yeah. They look yeah. so similar. They do. Um, so at, when he's at the grocery store, he gets overwhelmed by the cereal aisle, as we all do. Um, Which I thought then, was a really cool little touch. Yeah. Like, this guy is able to go into a very stressful, bomb-diffusing situation where, you know, it's the highest stakes possible. Mm-hmm. And then he's trying to get cereal like an average everyday citizen. Mm-hmm. And he can't handle it and just kind of grabs the first one that's in front of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the big difference is there's no choice when it comes to disarming a bomb. Mm-hmm. It's either disarm the bomb or die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're choosing cereal, there are a hundred choices. So you can, yeah, definitely, like, feel the mundanity of civilization. And then as we are going to go into the next scene, it gets exemplified. Yeah. But um, it just, you can tell he's does not want to be back home already. Yeah. In this. Like, he can't yeah. handle something that an average American, average civil, citizen you know, deals with every day. But if we were put in the situation he was in the war, I mean, I can speak for myself. Like I wouldn't be able to handle it. That's way too much anxiety, way too much pressure. I would have a breakdown. Mm -hmm. I could never do it. But then put him in a situation where I do, you know, on a bi-weekly basis, he's not able to handle it. Yeah. It's just very, as I've said before in this episode, and I'll say again, just very cool character, development character touches like it's just a very well 
well set up film and character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jeremy Renner is talking to Evangeline Lilly about how they need more bomb techs uh, back out there. Um, he's having a unable to adjust to his home life and his relationship is coming more strange. So he decides to return to Iraq and final scene shows him beginning his new rotation. Got 365 days left in Iraq and he's happy about it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It was, might not have been in the synopsis, but he was talking to his baby son or was it a son or daughter? I thought it was son. I don't remember. Just Either way, his daughter, child, his, his kid, kid. Yeah. His kid, whatever. Um, kind of putting him to bed, playing with him. And he was saying, you know, when you're young, you love everything. You love your pajamas. You love your mobile. You love your toys, your stuffed animals, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And he said, you know, the older you get, maybe you get one or two things you love. And, you know, to this kid, like his own child, you know, we can't understand him, but basically says there's only one thing that I love. And then it cuts to him going to war again. And it just goes back to the hold on screen, hold on screen. War is a drug. Mm-hmm. Like, start really? off at the beginning, start it off at the end, or finish it off at the end. Like, it's very you know, the, full circle. The yes. smile on his face when he walks off that plane, like mm-hmm. you know, that's the happiest. He is so happy to be there. Yeah, yeah. He even got a little pep in his step too. <laughs> I mm-hmm. thought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Walking like he's, like he's in Top Gun. Going to play some beach volleyball. Mm-hmm. Amen. Uh, so that's the Hurt Locker. A stunned silence falls over the crowd. <laughs> Woo. Austin, now that we've gone through the whole thing. Yes. Thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, like I set it up at the beginning, um, this is a very good movie. I think it'd be very hard for somebody, except for if you're maybe very anti-war, which is valid. But even those people, you know, the detractors of the situation or the setting that it's in, would probably still say it's a very well-done movie. It's well-written. It's definitely well-shot. The special effects, the sound editing... You know, I think every movie we've covered won best sound editing or best sound something. Um, I think, so yeah. That's, that's like a through line. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, we were talking about, like, the shaky cam in Saving Private Ryan. Like, this shaky cam in this film worked very well. Um, I've hammered home the fact that I think all the characters were really well written, really well Uh, acted um i think yeah it was a really good movie and i'm glad that i watched it it's been one of the movies like i have a actual dvd copy of it not one that was burned Mm -hmm. but i bought this one i think at like walmart it was like the five dollar movie bin or something like that classic um i bought it when i was in high school and it's been sitting on my um, movie shelf since then Mm -hmm. and i've never sat down to watch and I don't know why because I know it's been praised I know I didn't really know that it was um won the best picture that year but I mean I knew it was a good movie but I just never went ahead and watched it and I really wish I would have earlier because I was really missing out on 
a good movie. And like I said at the beginning of this episode, it's one of the ones that I'm going to continue to be like, wow, I really wish I could watch that again for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anna, what about you? I liked it a lot. Like I said at the beginning, I felt like there was more for me to grasp onto with the characters, especially coming off of Black Hawk Down. Like I just felt like it was easier for me to connect and really understand the emotions because they painted them as much more human, not just war machines mm-hmm. for this movie. Um, I liked the storyline. I know it's like more of a slice of life than an actual story story. But I liked the I liked watching them diffuse the bombs. Like it was always the right amount of, <gasps> even though it's like you know they're gonna f- be fine and there's no way they're gonna kill him off. But still, mm-hmm. you never know. There's yeah. always the chance. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I just enjoyed this fresher take on, like, like I said, the humanization of people both not making Americans out to be saviors, but also not making the people of the other country necessarily look like monsters either. Mm-hmm. And I just liked seeing that, and I liked seeing the friendship with Beckham, and I even liked seeing the friendship between the guy, all the different guys grow too. Um, and it's just... It was an easier watch for me. It just felt a lot more approachable. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe this does have to do with the fact that it was directed by a woman, but maybe not. But I felt like it showed a much more sensitive side. Like like I said, it all connects back to the, the humanization of both the quote-unquote heroes and the quote-unquote villains. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and I think something interesting is that we never see the villains at all during the movie. No. We see them as blurs in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's close-ups, think... it's very quick. Because yeah. there's no real face of what, quote-unquote, again, evil looks like. Because I feel like... How do I put this? To the people who are doing those things, they believe that that's right. Mm-hmm. And... I'm not saying I agree with them, but I am saying that it it comes down to America's involvement in. Oh, I, oh my God, she's talking about politics and war, and she doesn't know. Damn <laughs> so don't come welcome for back. me. Welcome back to Anna's geopolitical conflict corner. <laughs> this week, nope. the Middle East. She'll no solve the problem in minutes. No, no one come for me. It comes down to, should America be there or not? You know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it was very... Good question. Yeah, it's a great question. And it's the flip end of Black Hawk Down, where you see the quote-unquote bad guys. Mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of protecting their way of life, their land, their city, you know, while the militia, it was framed in the movie as, you know, this war leader was oppressing these people and then, you know, America jumps in to save it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's... 
we mirrored get... in this one too, but handled better. Yeah, yeah. It, it gives me the vibe of I, from what I've seen in these movies, it looks like yeah, these people are oppressed, and I do want to help them. But how do I know that's the full story? Yeah. Oh man, she's getting so pl- Dan, you talk about your opinions cuz I feel like somebody's going to come for me. I'm not saying we should defund the military or anything. I just want to put that out there right now. Welcome back to Anna, hedging her bets. <laughs> no, this is what I mean about me putting my foot in my mouth all the freaking time. Um, These are just my opinions. Yeah, I thought that this was uh definitely better than Black Hawk Down. Mm-hmm. Um I think that the way I, I kind of agree. I don't know if it's if it was because it was helmed um, by a woman um, or just the way it was written. The way that the conflict is treated is much less. I don't even know. I, I'm not. I I called them villains because technically they're the villains from the way that the story is framed the antagonist the antagonists yeah Yeah. there's quotes around it at no point does the movie make a judgment as to whether the protagonists are good guys i think the the antagonists are kind of shown to be bad guys especially when they have the bomb made of the kid Mm -hmm. um but I, i think that's a really interesting way to frame it um and the um much more of the focus uh, of the yeah the focus of Black Hawk Down and Saving Private Ryan was the relationship between the groups but it got muddied because there were so many people in it this time because mm-hmm. it's just the three of them um, you really feel their relationships like grow and change throughout the movie um, and yeah the sound oh my god what a picture the sound mm-hmm. painted a picture mm-hmm. um I did get a headache at some points from oh, all the no. shaky cam. Oh, um, yeah. I definitely got a little motion sickness from some of this movie. I'm not going to lie. I'm right there with you, Dan. Yeah. I, I saw a review that was like, okay, it kind of feels like The Office Iraq at some points mm-hmm. with how the, it, was... it is framed and filmed. Um, yeah. But I, it, it, that was the style of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it worked well. Like, I don't have... Like the, my only like negatives are like the war is a drug. I feel like it didn't delve enough into that. Like, yeah, we see what Jeremy Renner wanted to go back and like needing that hit again. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think seeing more of his withdrawal would have, because we only had that one scene. I think Mm if um, maybe that was expanded on a little more. Yeah. I definitely think stronger. this movie, when I was watching it yesterday, I mean, it's, I think, in two hours, like 10 minutes, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's a moderately longish movie. But I agree, like, towards the end, I was hoping that they would have delved, spent a little bit more time, maybe another five, six minutes. Yeah. Additionally, just kind of fleshing that home part out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I was ready when he walked off the plane, he was in the bomb suit, like the last final scene. I was like, I was ready to watch more. Like, and just that's, keep going, keep doing, just more. keep going. Yeah. Like, you know, 
I don't know what you would add on top of that that would make it better opposed to detracting from what came before it. But I was like, oh, it's over already? Like, mm-hmm. That went oh, so quick, I, and then it was two hours, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a very quick watch. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Um, I got some trivia for y'all. Ooh, Please. here we go. So the movie was filmed in Jordan, uh, which mm-hmm. borders Iraq, but Jordan is a much safer mm-hmm. uh, country. In fact, my cousin lived in Jordan for a little bit. She oh. was an Arabic translator. Um, That's next to Israel, right? Uh, you know, I'm not great at maps. But Can you play Worldle? Wor- wor- Worldle? I don't have to know where things are on a map. I just need to know the outline of the country. Mm. Um, yeah, Jordan borders Israel. Yes. Okay. Borders Israel, Syria, Iraq, and Saudi Arabia. Um, I learned something new today. The actual bomb disposal outfit that Jeremy Renner wore is an actual bomb disposal outfit. Oh, interesting. The phrase, the hurt locker, is a slang term for a situation involving trouble or pain, which can be traced back to the Vietnam War. According to the movie's websites, it's soldier vernacular in Iraq to speak of explosions as sending you to the hurt locker. Interesting. Thank you I for thought, clarifying. Yeah, I had no that's, idea what it meant. I didn't know that either. It's kind of like the struggle shuttle, but for soldiers. Yeah. Um, oh, WWE superstar Bobby Lashley's current submission maneuver is called the Hurt Lock, which I can only mm. assume is a reference to this movie. Probably. Uh, James Cameron convinced Catherine Bigelow to direct this movie. Thank you, James. Mm-hmm. You he really read, sabotaged yourself on that one. He read the script, told her to do the movie, and then um, when the two films were up against each other for a bunch of Oscars, Cameron said, I wouldn't bet against her. Well, good. He was right. right. Um, so it is the lowest grossing best picture winner ever um, without adjusted for inflation, adjusting for inflation even. So like even the mm. ones back in the 40s made more than this. Wow. Before inflation. And then I wonder why. Uh, yeah, that's so odd. When, when did you say it came out? 2009 like, in the summer of 2000. It was not publicized when it came out. It was an indie okay. release. Hmm. Interesting. And it was like, released by yeah. Summit, I think. Yeah, yes. I'm trying to look up what other movies came out around that time that people might have went to go see instead. Twilight. But... Well, you. And Twilight a lot of other people. Spring of yeah, because high school teenager girls really wanted to go see a war movie opposed to <laughs> sexy <laughs> vampires. I'm just saying that's one of the things that was out. I suppose. Um, Fast Five, I think, came out around this time. Mm. What are the the other movies that came out in 2009 that are the top grossing ones? Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. Ice Age 3, Transformers 2, 2012, Up, New Moon, Sherlock Holmes, Angels and Demons, and The Hangover. Yeah, I would see yeah. most of those before so, I saw War Yeah, movie. right around that time was mm-hmm. The Hangover, um, The Transformers, The Proposal. Mm-hmm. Big one. Mm-hmm. My Sister's Keeper. Oh, sad. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Ice Age, Public Enemies. I remember that one. That was partially filmed in Wisconsin. And Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, nothing, no, like, super heavy sluggers to go against it. So I guess that's yeah. interesting. But, yeah, I guess that the publication or public publicization of it, that's mm-hmm. not a word. <laughs> We'll it was not publicized it. well. Yeah, there we go. Um, every scene that Jeremy Renner is in the bomb-proof Kevlar suit, it's actually Jeremy Renner. So even yes. in extremely long shots, it's him. Hmm. Uh, because nobody could replicate his distinctive walk, according his to Catherine waddle? Bigelow. It was a full waddle. <laughs> um, hmm. So in 2020, it was selected for preservation by the National Film Registry for being culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. First Best Picture Oscar winner of the 21st century to be selected for preservation. Mm. Um, It was the first Iraq War movie to win Best Picture, to win any Academy Award, let alone Best Picture. Mm. First post-Vietnam War movie about a modern war to win Best Picture. First war movie to win Best Picture since The English Patient, starring Ugh. Quiz Show's own Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes. Hmm. And the first war movie to win a Best Director Oscar since The Pianist, directed by horrible man Roman Polanski. Yeah. Uh, and then... the Ray Fiennes and Guy Pierce have less than 10 minutes screen time each before they get killed. But probably made a fuck ton of money. <laughs> and then the last piece of trivia, the 2014 Broadway revival of Hedwig and the Angry Inch contains a running joke about how the stage and set was previously occupied by Hurt Locker the Musical, which was so terrible that it closed after one night only. The director was kind enough to loan Hedwig and her band the stage for one night only before they packed it up. Later in the show, Hedwig gets a piece of paper stuck to her foot, which turns out to be the sheet music for a song called When Love Explodes, which is the love theme for the Hurt Locker, the musical. She makes her husband perform it, but cuts him off before he can hit the last note because she's intimidated by his natural talent. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) That musical is chaos. Speaking of chaos, on a scale of one to five booms, what would you give this movie, Austin? I would give this four and a half booms. Purely taking away a half a point because I felt like his solo mission deal Mm -hmm. could have been better. Yeah. It, Mm -hmm. It probably had to be in there, but it could have been better. It dragged a little bit and it was a little confusing. Mm-hmm. But other than that, solid film. I very much enjoyed it. So I'll and give it a four now. Would it be better or worse or the same with Samuel L. Jackson as <gasps> anyone? One of the three. Instead of Ray Fiennes? Yes, Samuel L. Jackson as the British mercenary. Still British. Mm. Has he ever done a British accent that I can think of? Probably I don't not. think so. Um, you know, I think it would have been about the same, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he has that 
charm to him and not like the charming but like he just has that like that way that like ability about him like the the motherfuckers and all that kind of stuff like he just brings something to a lot of roles and i think it would have been the same if not a little bit better with him in it i mean if if it was the same amount of screen time Mm -hmm. i think he would have done a good job he would have ate it up probably yeah Anna, what about you? One to five booms. You know, I was reflecting while Austin was talking, and I'm thinking, because he gave it a very high score. Okay. And originally I was going to say four, but I was on the fence between three and a half and four, and I know that's not much of a difference. But I'm going to say 3.75, because I can't decide. Because I don't love war movies. I actually asked Gage if Forrest Gump counted as a war movie. He said no. So I'm going to stand by what I said. I don't love war movies, but this one was really, like I said, interesting, and I I liked it. I, I found myself actually enjoying myself, and, you know, it wasn't overly gory, which I liked mm-hmm. because some mm-hmm. of the things that we saw in these previous movies had me, I had to close my eyes. This one, yeah. I closed my eyes a little bit, but not excessively. And I just... It showed me a different aspect of war that you don't really think about, because I think you don't really think about the Bomb Squad stuff, which I liked. Um, I liked it. I liked it. 3.75. Those are my ratings. And would it have been better, worse, or the same with Jonathan Taylor Thomas? There's no room for him in this. I'm sorry. He... There's only room for one sassy man, and the position's been filled. So I think it would have been worse if he was in it, just because I like Jeremy Renner in this role, and I think Jeremy Renner really brings a nice spice, and he... he uh, he's got some is, je ne sais quoi. Yeah, he's good at playing troubled. I think. <laughs> what? I thought there was going to be more to that sentence. No, I, Jeremy Renner. I feel like I see him playing someone who's got issues a lot. Yeah. From what I've seen. Uh, I give it a four and a half out of five. My God, these high praises. Yeah, I really. I think it's very good. It um, is. I mean, this is also the first Best Picture winner that we have talked about on the podcast. That's oh, true. really? Like that I need explains to give it the, our the respect it deserves that explains our high praises yeah because saving private ryan didn't win best picture um and would it be better worse than the same with george clooney um i think it'd be the same i think he could take over anthony mackie's role and do Mm. a similar job i think he's he, he can emote um so that is it for our war movie series um austin big thanks to you yes. for being on the podcast it was great having you we'll have big to have thanks to having me you were such a fun guest thank you yes. for popping by absolutely huh. i uh said this after the recording on the first one um big fan of the podcast big fan of you guys um this has been an absolute blast i yeah had a great time and so thank you for having me on i really appreciate it we will have you back sometime in the future well i was thinking you know 
201? Question mark? <laughs> I'd be Check down. back in two years yeah. for the yep. return of Austin Sackett. Yeah. Um, so that is it for this week's episode of In Conclusion. If you want to support the show, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at and in conclusion on Instagram at in conclusion podcast. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash in conclusion. You can find me on Twitter at Dan O'Keefe 86 and on TikTok at not Dan O'Keefe. Austin, where can they find you? You can find me at a underscore sack two on Twitter and Instagram if you want to follow my vinyl collection page, that's ASAC underscore vinyl. Um, and I think that's it. And Anna, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at AdamusPrime818, or you can find me on Twitter at AutobotsRollOut, capital O for auto, capital B for bots, capital R for roll, and the O in roll, and the O in out are zeros. And next month, you can find me in my new apartment. Woo! The address is one, (laughs) four. Um, Not even close. I don't know. You did send me the address. I'm not actually going to say it. Please don't. Subscribe to us on Patreon to find Anna Otto's home address. No, Um, no, no. We will not be back next week. I am going to be out of town and unable to record. But in two weeks when we come back, it it will still be June. It will still be Pride Month. So to celebrate Pride... We're going to be talking about But I'm a Cheerleader and Brokeback Mountain. Two hey, equal, equal theme, equal mood movies. I'm waving my pride flag. It's actually in the window behind me, but just imagine it's in my hand. I didn't realize it was a pride flag. I thought you just had a German flag in your window. Yeah, it does kind of read a German flag. That kind of reads because, like, I'm German, but it's a pride flag. We will be back in two weeks with But I'm a Cheerleader. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, have fun, get vaccinated. Avita Zen! Bye! Bye! I can't do a German accent. Bye! They went to Brazil and they got robbed at Machete Point. I think I was very clear, Dan. Creative Land Podcast.